God is so good. You know, we've declared uh, the month of November to be the season of Thanksgiving. And uh, as I thought about it, I thought, you know what? Uh, we got one more Sunday, that is today, after Thanksgiving, that we can just kind of embrace how good God is and what God's done for us. And we made the declaration here at our church uh, that in the month of November, we're going to make that month a month of Thanksgiving. And it's almost as if uh, when you do the Thanksgiving thing, you know, you do the, 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 the dinner and you all get together, and it's almost like you're propelled into the holiday season. And we go right into Christmas and and everybody's busy and everybody's running to and fro and it almost as if you don't slow down to January and we need to make sure that in the midst of all the things that we got going on that we do not fail to recognize uh, that we serve a God that's good to us that we serve a God that has blessed us more than we deserve and so I want you to remember this and write this down this is so good y'all we talked about this last Sunday that no matter who you are or where you are you have a reason to be thankful no matter who you are or where you are you've got a reason to be thankful it doesn't matter where you are or who you are God has blessed you in a special way and we talked about that last Sunday uh, we talked about that uh, being thankful and you may want to write this down is a discipline that you've got to cultivate every day uh, that is when you wake up in the morning you're able to wake up and you are to discipline yourself to be thankful. You, 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 put, you open your eyes and you say, God, thank you for the day. Thank you for blessing me, God. <clears throat> thank you for giving me eyes to see. Thank you for giving me ears to hear. Thank you, Lord, for giving me legs that I can walk with. Thank you, God, that you've given me feet that can carry me. Thank you, God, that you're going to be a friend that sticks closer than a brother to me today. Thank you, God, that you'll never leave me and you'll never forsake me. And what you have to learn to do is every day you have to discipline yourself to be thankful. You have to get up and say, God, today I'm going to be thankful. God, today I'm going to give you praise. God, today I'm going to glorify your name in and through my life. God, today I'm going to look at the good and not look at the bad. I'm going to look at the blessings and I'm not going to complain and I'm not going to gripe and I'm not going to marabah about things. God, I'm going to give you praise every moment of my life today. I'm going to thank you. Thank you, God, for my heartbeat. Thank you for the breath that you just gave me. So what we talked about last Sunday is that you have to discipline yourself to be thankful. You have to discipline yourself to be thankful. And I want to remind you that last Sunday we talked about 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5 and verse number 18 that says, In all things you are to be what? Thankful. Remember this, in all things you are to be thankful, for this is the will of God, Paul says, concerning you in Christ Jesus. That is, you are to be thankful in all things. Now remember, write this down. We didn't say you had to be thankful for all things, but you are to be thankful in all things. That is, that no matter what you're going through in life, no matter where you are in life, you can be thankful. Paul says that in everything you are to be thankful. That is, you are to find a reason to give God thanks in everything that you're, you're experiencing in your life. So when we think about that, we have to ask ourselves this question, how do you do that? How in the world can you be thankful in all things? You say to me, Brother Jack, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't even know the pain that I'm experiencing. You don't know the heartbreak that I've got. You don't know the valley that I'm walking through. How in this world can you have the audacity to say that I can be thankful in all things? Well, I can say that to you because that's what God tells you to do. God tells you that in all things you are to be thankful. 
And we've got to understand how do we do that. So today I want to talk about how do you be thankful in all things. And I want you to look at the title today is simply this, a thankful what? Heart. Underline that in your title. You've got to have a what? Thankful heart. In other words, you've got to realize that uh, if you're, I'm a firm believer that if your heart is right, your, your life will be right. If your heart is where it ought to be, then your attitude is going to be where it ought to be. If you've got a right heart, it seems to me like your world will line up the right way. The Bible tells us when your heart is right, your mouth will be right. For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. When your heart is right, are you listening? Say amen. When your heart is right, that is the very center of who you are. And no matter who you are or what you're going through, when your heart is where it ought to be, you can look up and say, God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, God, that you are God. I want to thank you, God, that you are watching me, you're leading me, you're guiding me, you're directing me, and God, you're going to make a way for me. That no matter what comes against me this day, you're going to be able to make a way for me. You're going to take care of me. You're going to provide for me. You're going to watch out for me. You're going to give me guidance in my life. And so, God, today, I want my heart to be right. So open your Bible to the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians today. Now, as you open your Bible to the book of Colossians, we're going to be studying Paul's epistle to the believers in Colossae. Now, I want you to remember this. It's not going to be on the screen, but you need to remember what I'm about to tell you. The book of Colossians is about the preeminence of Jesus Christ. That is, he is a preeminent God. Jesus is not an afterthought, but he has always been with God. He is God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We have to realize that Jesus has always been. He is preeminent. That is, he was before the foundation of the world. He is God. He was with God in the beginning. The book of Colossians is causing us to stop and realize that the Savior that we claim that lives on the inside of us is preeminent. That is, listen to me, are you listening? Say amen. That is, he knows all things, he's aware of everything, that everything about our life, God has got. You have to realize that Jesus is preeminent, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Realizing and understand that before the foundation of the world, there was Jesus Christ. God said in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, let us make man in our image, referring to the fact that there was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus has always been there. He is God, but God came in the flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. We realize that God himself walked among us. He displayed himself. He, he manifested himself so that we would know that there is a God. There is none above him. There's none beside him. There is none equal to him. He is God. Jesus is the God and God alone that's manifested himself to us and because of that we can deliberately stand and say that he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. Can I get an amen? So when we look there together, the book of Colossians talks talks about the preeminence of Jesus Christ. But not only does the book of Colossians talk about the preeminence of Jesus, remember I'm asking you, I'm asking you to write this down because you're going to have to take a test or I will not let you out of here. So you've got to write this down. So the book of Colossians talks about the preeminence of Jesus. Write this down. He talks about faith, that you've got to have faith. The book of Colossians is a book about faith. 
The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. The Bible says that when you have the faith of the grain of the mustard seed, you can say this mountain be thou removed, be cast in the sea, and it shall be done unto you. The Bible says for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. The book of Colossians talks about faith. But not only does it talk about faith, write it down. Write this down, are you with me? It talks about hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. He, Jesus is called the blessed hope. The book of Colossians gets us, gets, us, uh, get us, gets us to where we begin to calibrate our life in the fact that we've got hope. That no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, God gives you hope. There is always hope. Can I get an amen? Let me ask that again. Let me see if y'all know this. There is always hope in Jesus. Can I get an amen? No matter what you're walking through, no matter what valley you're going through, no matter how tough it is, there is hope in Christ. Let me make sure you got that. Are you ready? You got preeminence of Jesus. You got what? Faith. You got what? Hope. All right, now we're going to tell you to write something else down in just a moment. But before I do, let me tell you something. There is always what we call blessed hope. That is, no matter what you're walking through, no matter where you're going through, there's always hope. Let me, let me prove it to you. How many of y'all had a bad day this year? Anybody have a bad day this year? Raise your hand if you had a bad day this year. Anybody? How about a bad week? Anybody have a bad week? Anybody have a bad week? Let's go back to the bad day. Anybody have a bad day? Raise your hand if you had a bad day. The rest of y'all don't even know you're alive. That's your problem. Listen, God got you through that bad day, didn't he? Can I get an amen? How many of y'all know that we serve a God that got you through the bad day? He helped you through it. He walked with you through the valley. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And thank God that even though you're going through a bad day, there's hope. And by the way, in the midst of your worst day, there's always hope. Because there is a fact that Jesus might come again. And how many of y'all know he is our blessed hope? Can I get an amen? How many of you are looking forward to Christ coming again? Can we give him praise for that? He's an awesome God that loves us, that serves us. No matter how bad your day is, it's always going to get better. You know why? Look at Brother Jackie. I'm on the winning team. I don't lose. I'm in the family of God. I'm part of his family. I don't lose. I'm in the winning team. I've read the back of the book. There's always hope. So the book of Colossians talks about hope. But watch this now. Write it down. It talks about love. That God loves you. That there is a love that, that he gives to you and demonstrates to you. There is a love that, that embraces you and loves you where you are. So we got the preeminence of Christ. We got faith. We got hope. We got love. And then write the last one down. He, in the book of Colossians, he talks about the gospel. It is the good news of God. It is the good news that God so loved as he gave. It is the good news that we were separated from God because of our sin, but Jesus came and bridged the gap. It's the good news that I'm going to go to heaven one day. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. So we realize then that the book of Colossians right here in your Bible gives us everything that we need to be rock solid in our journey all the way to heaven because it talks about what? Preeminence of Christ. What? Say it out loud. Faith. What else? Hope, love, and what? The gospel. We realize then that God gives us everything we need right here. So how can you be thankful in all things? Watch this, write it down. Because you got everything you need. You got everything you need to be thankful in all things. You got the preeminence of Jesus. You've got faith. You've got hope. 
You've got love, and you've got the gospel, the good news. Because of that, watch this. No matter where you are in life, no matter who you are in life, you've got a reason you can give thanks. Amen. That is, God sustains you in this. So we have to realize and ask ourselves, how does this work? So let's look at Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse number 15. Y'all read it with me. Here we go. And let the peace of God, what? Rule in your hearts, to the which also you're called in one body. And what? Come on now, and what? Be thankful. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in, say it, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing this, say this out loud. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Verse 17, everybody read it. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Watch this, come on now. Giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Who is him? Jesus. All right, so the question we have to ask ourselves is this. How can you give thanks in all things? you got to have a thankful heart. So how do you get a thankful heart? Remember what I'm about to tell you. Point number one is this. you got to have a heart that is ruled by God's peace. A heart that is ruled by God's peace. Listen, and I think it's very important that you understand this. Let's go back and read that verse together again. Let's read it together. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body. Come on now and be thankful. Listen, you got to realize that when you look there together, the believer, the, born, the person that knows Christ as their Savior, they are to have a heart that is ruled, according to the Scripture, by God's peace. You as a believer, you are to let the peace of God rule in all things and all situations. It means instead of peace of Christ, instead of the peace of God, it's not something that's out there. But the word peace, are you listening? It means to be bound and joined together and be fashioned together. You are to let the peace of God rule in your heart. Now let's think about that for a minute. There's three things I want you to jot down. Are you ready? Here we go. First of all, you've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice. Now, when you look there in your Bible, you'll begin to realize that he says in verse number 15, let the peace of God. So I would assume then that by reading it in its proper context, that you have another option. And the other option is not to let. But the Bible says that you as an individual, you are to let it. You're to let the peace of God, underline this in your Bible, rule, rule. Now, when you study your Bible, you begin to realize there's an interesting thought that attaches itself to the word rule. Now, write this down. This is powerful. The word rule means to umpire. In other words, the God's peace is the umpire of your heart. It is that which umpires your life. Now, let me, let me get you to understand something. When you, when you get out of sync with God, and, and you, look, look, look at me now. You're, you're walking with God. You've got, you got, you got a relationship with God. And you're, you're, your life is being enriched because of what you do. Watch this now. And you're in line with God, and you're obeying God, and you're walking with God. 
The umpire is saying to you, live your life. Live it more abundantly. But watch this now. What if I get out of line? What if my life gets out of bounds? What if I make bad choices? What if I make bad decisions? What if I lose my temper? What if I say things I shouldn't say? What if I go places I shouldn't go? What if I engage in things I shouldn't engage in? Do you know what? The umpire calls a foul. And that umpire says to you, in your heart, you're out of line. You're out of line. In other words, listen closely. When you hear the word let the peace of God rule in your heart, it's almost as if you're saying, I'm going to let him umpire my choices. I'm going to let him umpire my decisions. Whenever he calls a foul on me, he's going to get my attention. He's going to say, you know what, you're out of line. You, 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 you're making a choice that's going to mess up your life. So when we looked at it together, we begin to realize that what Paul is saying is that you have to let the, the, the peace of God rule in your life. Now listen to me. Are you with me? Say amen. Now you don't, have to, you don't have to stand up and say I'm guilty, but how about this? Have you ever been living your life for Jesus and make a bad choice? Make a bad decision? Lose your temper? Say something you shouldn't say? And watch this. Listen immediately the peace of God's gone. And all of a sudden, you don't have peace no more. And all of a sudden, rather than having peace, you're miserable. And you go, and I'm trying to, I want to get my life together. I want to get my life back. Well, the problem is, you're making the wrong choices. When you make the wrong choice, you're going to forfeit God's peace. Because God's peace is always connected with making the right decision, making the right choice. Now listen to me. The choice you made is not a choice that you make by popular opinion. It's not the choice that you make by culture. It's always a choice that's in line with the Word of God. So when you make a choice that's contrary to the Word of God, are you listening? Say amen. You're going to have a problem with peace. People all over the world is going, I want peace. I need peace. You can't have peace if you're not right with God. You can't have peace if you go against God's word. You're never going to have peace. You've got to have a heart that's making, listen to this, a consistent right choice. Now, I want you to write something down. This is good. I'm telling you what I'm about to tell you is good. You've got to write it down. Are you ready? Here we go. Write this down. When the peace of God is absent from your heart, this is good, y'all. When the peace of God is absent from your heart, your mind will go crazy. How many of you know that, that when you are, don't have peace, your mind gets all messed up? When, you, when you're not living in peace with God, how many of you know your mind will get all whacked up? The, we know that when the devil knows if he can't have your soul, the next best thing is your mind. So you know what he waits on? Watch this. He waits for you to get out of, out of line with God so that your peace isn't there. When your peace isn't there, he starts working on your mind. And I want you to remember what I'm about to tell you. When, you, when your heart doesn't have peace, when your heart doesn't have peace, then your mind will have confusion. Whenever your mind gets confused... It's because peace is absent. 
When you don't have peace, your mind gets confused. And what, the, what does the devil do then? He starts working on you, starts working on you, starts working on you, starts working on you, driving you absolutely incredible. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He messes with your mind. You got to have God's peace to regulate your life. You say, well, Brother Jack, I'm going through a hard time. Well, listen, God's peace is still God's peace. You remember when the disciples were in the, in the boat in the storm? And all hell was breaking loose in the, on, the, on, the, on the ocean there, on the sea. And the waves were coming and the wind was boisterous and they were afraid. And they were afraid they were about to drown. And you know where Jesus was? He was in the hindered part of the ship asleep. And all of a sudden they went and woke him up. And Jesus walked out on the front of that boat. And are you listening to me? This is what he said. Peace be still. Peace be still. Can I tell y'all something? That's the same God we still serve today. That no matter what life is happening, no matter what's happening to you, no matter what's going on in your life, he's still in the ship. He's still there with you. He has not abandoned you. And he can give you peace just like that right there. Can I give an amen? So you have to make a choice, all right? Now, when you make a choice, there's a, there, it's very important that you understand this. There's a reason you make the choice. There's a reason you make the choice. The reason that you make the choice, according to the verse that we just looked at, if you'll go back, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called into what? One body. The reason that you can make a choice to have a heart that is ruled by God's peace, are you listening, is because you're part of the body of Christ. You belong. You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not out there. You're in here. You belong to Jesus. And because you belong to Jesus, you have a reason to say, God, no matter what's happening around me, I'm going to trust you because I belong to you. I am part of your body. I'm part of the family of God. I am one of your children, God. And because that, I'm going to let God's peace, what? Rule in my life. And there's a third thing. When you do that, you not only realize that you have a choice to make and a reason for making it, but you've got a response when you make it. There is a beautiful response of what will happen to you when you make that choice. When you let peace be the umpire of your life and the heart that is going to be, that's going to be ruled by God's peace, you say, well, no, wait a minute. I'm going to let God's peace rule right now. I'm going through a hard time. I'm not going to get anxious. I'm not going to get confused. I'm not going to get overwhelmed. I'm not going to get perplexed. I'm going to say, God, I belong to you. And because I belong to you, Lord, I'm going to let your peace rule in my heart because I belong to you. And because of that, this is how I'm going to respond to whatever's going on. Watch this now. I'm going to be thankful. Did you hear me? Look at what it says in that verse again. Let's go back to it. Let's all read it out loud together. Let the peace of God, come on now, rule in your hearts, to which also you are called into what? One body. Watch. Be thankful. You know what that means? That you have the right to respond the right way in any situation. You can say, God, I don't know what, what's going on, I don't know why, but I tell you what, I'm going to be thankful. 
I'm going to be thankful, God. I'm going to be thankful. Have you ever listened to this? I'm going to be thankful for the valley I'm walking through. I'm going to be thankful, Lord, for the hard time I'm experiencing. I'm going to be thankful, Father, for the, for the challenge that I'm faced with. Why? Because, watch this now, I belong to you. And because I belong to you, your peace is going to rule my heart. I'm not going to let my mind get all whacked up. I'm not going to get all confused and all crazy. I'm not going to act like the world. Watch this. I'm going to absolutely trust you. I'm going to trust you, God, with my life. And because of that, I'm going to be thankful. And I'm going to have a heart that is ruled by God's peace. All right? Now, number two, write this down. Not only do I have a heart that's ruled with God's peace, say this together. I have a what? Heart that is rich with God's word. Rich with God's word. Are you listening? I have a heart that is rich with God's word. All right, let's look there in verse 16. Let the word of Christ. Now, underline this in your Bible. This is the only place in the scripture where it's called the Word of Christ. Because most of the time it's called the Word of God. But how many of you know God is, Jesus is God. So now let the Word of Christ dwell where? In you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Are you listening? In psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Can I get an amen? All right, now let's talk about it. I bet you can figure out those three blanks. First of all, you have a choice to make. The Bible says that you are to let the Word of God. Let the Word of God. Look at it, what it says. Let the Word of God dwell in your, where? Hearts. Circle the word dwell. It means to tabernacle. It means to set up home. The Word of God, the Word of God right here. How many of y'all believe this is the Word of God? Amen. All right, when storms come, when troubles come, when problems come, when challenges come, how do you face that? Do you face it by what your mind says? No. You face it with the authority of the Word of God. Now, let me ask you a question. The, let the Word of Christ dwell where? In you. Let, let me tell you what we got to do. This is what we got to do. We got to get this, 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 the words out of this book. This is God's word, but guess what, guys? We got to get this out of here in here. If I were to say to you, okay, I'm going to call on you by name. When I call on you by name, I want you to stand up. When I call your name, you're going to stand up and quote me 10 Bible verses that you've memorized, that you've got in your heart. Are you ready? All of y'all are now, your heart's beating out of your chest, going, oh my God, don't do that, Brother Jackie. Don't call on me to stand and quote 10 Bible verses, because I don't even know one yet. You've been saved 30 years, and you don't know a Bible verse. Let me tell you what you got to do. Watch this. Memorize that scripture. What if, what if, what if, what if, y'all, what if, what if the aliens came? By the way, don't freak out. There's not really any aliens, y'all. But what if they came and stole all your Bibles? What if, what, if, what if all of a sudden we didn't have a Bible? And we had to face life without a printed copy of this Word. 
then how would you make it? How would you do it? The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell richly. You know what that means, abundantly? It means you're supposed to be getting this, y'all. You're not supposed to just come on Sunday and listen to some bald-headed guy scream and shout out you. You're supposed to be getting this word off this page in your heart and let it dwell in you richly. Look at me. Are you listening to me? With all wisdom. Wisdom. You know what that is? Listen, the Bible says if you like wisdom, let him ask of God and he will give it to you liberally and unabradeth not. You know what I like to say? Say what, Brother Jackie? Wisdom is an anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's God giving you something from his spirit. Let me tell y'all what we need in our churches today. We don't need just another, just another, somebody else coming up here going, please take your Bible and open it to the book of Colossians. And I'm going to give you three points and a poem while you sleep. And I'll try not to interrupt you. And I want you to take your Bible and look at point number one. And this is what point number one says. And this is why it says it. Can I just tell you something? Will y'all listen to me? There's a Hebrew word for that. You want to write this down? It's called hogwash. We don't need that kind of stuff in our churches. How many of y'all know we need an anointing from God where God has got a hold of somebody and God has given them something from his spirit that says, hey, I got something to say to you. It's not just another history lesson, but it's a word from almighty God anointed by the spirit of God that will radically change your life. Can I tell you, that's what we need. Listen, how many of y'all know this? Brother Benny and I talked about this. Can, this is a great history book, Brother Benny. Anybody can teach a history lesson out of here. Anybody can come up and tell you something that this says. But dear God, this book is life. This book gives life. Can I get an amen? The Bible says if you want life, let it dwell in you. Let it set up a residence in you. Let it get a hold of you. Let it change your life. Let it direct your path. Let it do that. And that, listen, guys, you've got to make that choice. Nobody can make that but you. But there's a reason. There's a reason. Go to that point. There's a reason to make the choice. There is a reason for you to make that choice, and that reason is to teach and admonish one another. In other words, when God's word gets in you and it dwells in your heart, you know what you should be doing? Teaching and admonishing one another. You know what that means? Y'all want to know? Say why, Brother it, it means that you are to teach this word and you are to encourage one another with it so that when you have a brother or sister that's going through a hard time, you can say to them, Sister, brother, listen, you belong to God. And, and because you belong to God, man, my God and your God will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And my God, God will walk through you with you through that valley. And my God will make a way when there seems to be no way. My God says, lift up your eyes and look on the, on the hills where your help comes from. My God tells you that, that he will comfort you. He will counsel you. He will guide you, my brother. Listen, friend, we are on the winning team. And we got to tell our, each other that. There's a reason to do that. But there is a response. There's a response when you do that. Good night, there's a response. And I like this response. Y'all might not like it, but I like it. 
And this is what the response is. Are y'all with me? It says in verse number 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you ritually with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in what? Somebody tell me. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, come on now, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know what that means? It means that, man, listen, when you, when you have your heart that's rich with God's word, man, are y'all with me? You can, you can say a psalm. Man, when you're going through a tough time, you can say, wait a minute, time out, man, time out, time out, time out. Brother Jackie, listen, I can't sing, but I can say a psalm. Well, then blurt one out. When you're going through a tough time, grab a psalm, man. Psalm. Get you something that will encourage you. Get you something that will get a hold of you. Get you something that will give you life in you. Get you something that you can shout out with, with, with confidence. That you say, man, I, you know what? I'm just going to open my Bible when I'm going through a tough time. I tell you what I'm going to do, Brother Jack. I tell you what I'm going to do, Brother Jack. I tell you what I'm going to do, Brother Jack. I'm just going to find the book of Psalms and I'm just going to start reading the book of Psalms. And man, I'll just meditate on the book of Psalms. I tell you what I'll do, I'll read Psalm 100. This is what I need to do right now. I need to make a joyful noise of the Lord all over the lands. I'm going to serve the Lord with gladness. I'm going to come before His presence with singing. And now I know what you're thinking. As I read that, you're thinking, I can't sing. Well, then sing. If you can't sing, just sing. Blurt out a joyful noise of the Lord. Serve. Do something that will bring joy to your life. And the Bible says that you are to sing. You are to sing hymns and spiritual songs. How many of y'all know that's what we did this morning? See, y'all were sitting there just dead as a hammer. Some of y'all just mad, puffed up, just mad as a wet hen because Alabama got beat. Your life will never be the same. Dear God, your eternity changed yesterday. Listen to me. Can I tell you something? We don't have to let that dictate our life. We rise above all that junk. That's just a game. It don't count in life. But I tell you, what does count? Your heart and whether or not it's connected with God with a joyful spirit. Can I give an amen? And you look at life and you go, dear Lord, I'm going to sing. That's what we did this morning. We sang, we, we wrote a, read a psalm, and then we sang about, uh, what was that psalm? We, How great thou art, whatever it was. And then we sang the doxology, and then we sang, I believe. And I was, I was I'm going to tell you something, I was eavesdropping on y'all. I was. Y'all sound deader than a hammer. I believe in God the Father. I'm saying, do we even know what they're singing? Dear Lord, I know what, listen, you got to sing. You got to believe that stuff, y'all. When you start believing it, it changes your life. I tell Randy all the time, man, don't give me no more singers up here that don't believe this stuff. I don't want somebody to play it and don't believe this stuff. Because you know what? We're supposed to be leading you in worship. And what we believe ought to come out of us. And if we believe it, we ought to sing it with our heart. Man, dear Lord, listen. When you get like that, you will be thankful. You'll even be thankful. Y'all listen to me? Y'all be thankful for that woman that sings off-key behind you every week. You'll be saying, praise God, at least she's singing, man. At least she's happy. And all of a sudden, you begin to realize that you, are, you have a singing spirit. And the Bible says right there, if you'll notice there, in verse number 16, it says you are singing with grace in your hearts. But you're not singing to me. You're not singing to your neighbor who you're singing to. The Lord. 
the Lord. See, what happens is when you start being thankful, everything about your life will change. Everything about your life will change. So we got a heart that is ruled by God's peace. We got a heart that is rich with God's word. And then thirdly, we got a heart that reveals God's son. Don't you want a heart like that? That reveals the son of God? That when you live your life, that you're saying, hey, the way I live my life demonstrates who God is. And the Bible says in verse number 17, read it out loud with me, everybody. And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, come on now, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as you're doing that, give thanks to God and the Father by Him. Isn't that cool? So you've got a heart that is ruled by the peace of God. You've got a heart that is rich with God's Word. And you've got a heart that is revealing God's Son. I bet y'all can go ahead and fill out the three blanks. Can't you? You've got to do what? Make a choice. You've got to make a choice. Your choice is, are you going to decide that what you do is going to be for God or not? When you get up tomorrow, are you going to live your life for the Lord or are you going to live it for yourself? When you talk, are you going to speak in a way that's going to glorify God or are you going to speak in a way that will glorify you? Are you going to speak in a way that honors God or are you going to speak in a way that honors you? See, you've got a choice to make about your life. Right now, you're at a place that you can make a choice. Lord, whatever I do and whatever I say, I'm going to do it for your glory. I'm not going to do it for me anymore. And then when you look there together, you begin to realize that there's a reason to live like that. There's a reason to live your life like that. Because the Bible says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. When you live your life the right way, you're going to give glory to God, the name, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. How would you like to live like that? That you get up, you go to school, and you go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go to school, and I'm just going to go to school, and I'm going to demonstrate the name of Jesus. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go to work. And wherever I go to work, I'm just going to get up, and I'm going to go to work, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, whatever I do Monday, I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to do it in a way that's going to glorify Him. And then thirdly, you've got a, real, a response to do. You've got a response to that. And that response is that you can, as you're living your life that way, you're giving thanks. You're giving thanks to God and the Father because of Jesus. Wow, what a way to live, y'all. What a way to get a victory no matter who you are or what you're going through. What a way to shout glory to his name. To say, you know what, my, my heart is ruled by peace. I got peace. I got peace. I got a peace that passes all understanding. I'm going to have my heart rich with God's word. Now I'm going to punch you hard. I bet you, if I was a betting man, I believe I'd win it. You spend more time on this than you do in that. I bet you. I bet you spend more time right here than you do 
in that word. I bet you spend more time on junk than you do right here. If I were to say to you, do you have a daily time with God's word? Do you, have you carved out that time for you to study and meditate on the word of God? I wonder how many of you would say, yep, Brother Jack, I do that. I have a time with my God in his word. Or would you have to say, no, I tell you what I do. I get up in the morning, I throw myself together, and I'm out the door, man, trying to, trying to get it all together, and I don't even think about God. A lot of people live that life like that. You don't have to. You don't have to. Why don't, listen to me, why don't before you go live your life, you pause and thank the one who gives you life? Why don't before you engage in your doing that you pause and you thank the one who gives you the ability to do it? Why, rather than saturating yourself with things that don't matter, why don't you open your heart to the Word of God? Because the bottom line says a million things. A thankful heart is a what? right heart see when your heart is right everything else is right but when your heart is wrong everything else is wrong here's the question profound thought is your heart right today if God were to be able to open your heart say let me look in there I wonder if when he opened your heart he would see peace and a heart that is rich with his word and a heart that's revealing his son. Or if he looked in there, would he see all kind of other things that don't matter, that don't count? Listen, you can, you can get your heart right today. Your heart can get right today. And when your heart gets right, your life will get right. So today, I want to ask you a question. Would you like to, would you like to ask Jesus in your heart today? Would you like to say to Christ, come into my heart? Would you like to say to the Lord, from this moment forward, I'm going to live my life for you? Would you like to join the church today and say, you know what, Brother Jackie? I want to be a part of this family, this body, so I can start serving here, giving my life away. Would you like to do that today? You can do that today. And I'm going to invite our ministers to come down this altar today. And as they come, I'm going to invite you all to stand with me all over this place. And as we stand together today, I'm going to ask you right now, if one of you would be willing to say, I'll give my heart to Jesus. These guys will help you with that. Or maybe you need to join the church. Heck, if I wasn't a member, I'd join today. I really would. I'd make this my church home. You can do that today. Or maybe you just need to come to the altar since we declared November the, the, the month of Thanksgiving, maybe you need to come to the altar and say, God, man, I just need to thank you how you bless me. So right now we're going to sing and we want you to come. So why don't you come today? Make those decisions for Christ. You come right now. Will you do it as we sing?